Welcome to another episode of Brewery Talks, a podcast bringing you the stories behind the beer. My name is Nash, and I live on the road full-time in my RV, traveling to breweries all across the country. Today's episode comes from Great Barn Brewery in Pennsylvania. I love this episode because they pride themselves on being farm to glass, using only fresh local ingredients that they grow at their own farm. The beer is delicious, and Mariana explains how it feels to see the beer start with a seed at a farm and it ends up in a customer pint glass. This is a good listen. Check it out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another podcast of Brewery Talks, a podcast about beer. This is your host, Nash. Today, I am at Great Barn Brewery in Pennsylvania. I'm sitting here with Mariana. How are you doing today? Hey, Nash. How are you doing? Excellent. It is a, a gloomy day around here today, and this a gloomy fall day. Which is unusual for Pennsylvania at this time of the year. Usually October, November are very nice, yellow, bright, and sunny. But with these northeastern storms that we're being hammered with, this is what we get. But that's all right. <laughs> we got beer, and we're here to talk about beer, right? Yes, yeah. So first of all, where are we? So we're, we're in Pennsylvania. So how would you describe this area to someone who is not from around here, their first time visiting? Where are we? We are in the beautiful Bucks County. And this area is very historic. It goes all the way, the roots go all the way to the settlers from the England. So there's a lot of roots from New England, from the England, from the Germany, a lot of Dutch settlers. So the beer traditions that kind of came with them. So anybody that wants to visit Pennsylvania, I would recommend come to visit September, October, November are the golden months. Check it out. We have a lot going on, a lot of local stuff, and of course, a lot of great beers happening here in pennsylvania as well awesome and are you for breweries so you guys right now we're in the new hope tap room are there many other breweries in the area or in the county or how do you kind of fall into the the community here there's a quite a few breweries in bucks county um i would want to i would say eight ten breweries and uh there's a few brew pubs in the area and we are here, but we are a little bit different because we're an actual farm microbrewery where we grow our barley for our beers. And whatever the land gives us, this is what we roll with. So our beers taste what it comes from their land. And that, that is a great transition here. So you guys are the first farm microbrewer in the county. Yes, we are the first one in Bucks County. And you guys have a farm, not right here, not in the tap room. Tap room is yeah, downtown New Hope. That's right. And the farm is elsewhere. Where's that? The farm is basically 30 minutes from here. If you head north from our tap room down the beautiful scenic river road along the Delaware River, and you will end up in the beautiful town of Kittnersville. And that's where our farm is at. And that's where we grow it. And this is where we brew it. And this is how we do it. So tell me a little bit more about the farm. Is it a family-owned farm or is it new, old? Where How does that fall into all this? All right. Let me tell you about this. So basically the farm has been in the family for 40 years. Um, a long time ago, it's a family business. My father-in-law built this gorgeous barn. It's actually kind of impressive. You see them in person. It's, it was just him and other five guys that built it. And um, he built it with the purpose of being a, a goat dairy. So he started as a goat dairy business, and it went into the goat, the cheeses, the milks. And then, the, you know, times have changed. And, and that happened a long time ago. So the, the business kind of, like, didn't go anywhere and shut down, not the fault of his own. But 
we were exploring the possibilities of how to keep the farm in the family, how to make it profitable, and how to basically survive in this world being a farmer. So we came up with this idea of what if we just go down and we just start it from the, the basics. We're going to put that seed in the ground. We're going to grow the barley. I'm going to take that barley. I'm going to brew with it. And whatever the flavors we ended up with, this is, what, this is where we're here right now. So it's kind of like the, the long story short. <laughs> That's awesome. And how long have you guys been making beer? We've been making beer for a year. We've been open for a year. But the farming part started two, three years ago. We were experimenting with different harvests and different varieties of barley because nobody really grew the barley in Pennsylvania that, you know, with the, with the prohibition in 1930s, that wiped out the whole industry of malting and brewing, and it's kind of like came back to it. And, and the entire liquor industry and beer industry is very young. It's what it was really really started in 1940s, 30s, 50s. So you're talking about only not even a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. So we just we just decided to do it, and this is how we're doing it. And we plan it. Uh, our first harvest that we planted was a two-row barley, and we really didn't know how it's going to perform, uh, p- perform and how it's going to grow. So we started the one variety. We grew it, and actually it was not bad, but the, the barley that we grew was a six-row barley where most brewers prefer the two-row b- barley because of the sugar content of the barley. So we've done that. And then the next year we tried the two-row barley, and the two-row barley performed a little bit better, a little bit more uh, sugar content in it, so that you're getting the better fermentation, you're getting more flavors out of it. And uh, we are now in our third year of harvest. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, going, it's going great. So everything is uh, locally grown here in, in, in our backyard, basically, and then taken to a local moldster here in Huntington Valley, and they mold it for us. And that's our story. It, we bas- the, the whole idea of going back to the land and growing the beer, we were very conscious about sustainability and being environmentally responsible. So our footprint of our product is significantly less than you know the, the other breweries that you're getting your grains imported you you know you're getting the other ingredients imported and we just decided to keep it local we wanted to see if actually can be done to be profitable and if it will grow and so far a year later here we have what nine beers we have eight in front of us <laughs> we had two flights we, we couldn't fit one more in um so eight different varieties of beer and it's kind of amazing looking back you say wow this is this is what this is what the land produced this is what it gives us that's what it is so this is very fresh beer it is exceptionally fresh beer this it's, could be the it's freshest like glass of beer <laughs> i've ever had in my life probably yes yes it doesn't travel far it comes from here straight to the glass so what ingredients are you forced to get elsewhere get from outside of your farm it's mostly hops 
because nowadays uh, we we were looking into the possibilities of starting a hop farm and uh, hop farming, but you know every farmer in Pennsylvania will tell you not to grow hops. Why is that? Because there's something with the the, the rust and the amount of moisture that's in our climate is just not that great for the hops. I mean, you can do it, but certain varieties will perform better than the others, and they're very limited. So we are kind of pushed into looking for you know hops like citra you cannot uh, other blends and mixes obviously we get those but everything else is done in house yeast harvesting harvesting is done in house the barley molting gets done here in Montgomery County Huntington Valley and this is what this is what it is and using your own local you know your own farmed ingredients do you ever find it's tough if there's a certain style of beer you want to you want to make and you don't have the ingredients for it and you have to go elsewhere or is there ever a moment where you feel limited in making your beer with what you have or do you think the sky's the limit I'd say sky's the limit we're never we're we're always exploring we, I'll tell you what all of our beers now with all the beer trends you know with the hazies and juicies and this or not they're fantastic wonderful beers but still a lot of people prefer nice clean beers they want nice clean drinkable beers and that's what we focus on and you know just given the the beat it's amazing if you take one seed right and you roast it to a certain degree of darkness that's where you get your flavors from anything from our blonde to our stout is just the difference is how long it's been roasted what the flavor it gives out. So we never feel like, even though we, we do grow, the barley is a base of beer, and, and we, never, we never feel limited. And if we want to experiment, and we do, we come up with some crazy stuff that we tried, and some batches were successful and some were not, and that's how we do it. <laughs> so the crazy batches you tried, what were some of the crazy ones that either turned out great or turned out not <laughs> the way you wanted it? Or I saw online you guys had... Uh, one of your beers was a, a, a Finnish sati. Finnish sati. That is a very ancient recipe. It's a thousand-year recipe. Our brewmaster found it. And the original recipe, how it was made in Finland by Vikings. And this beer is uber local from our farm. Basically, what's in the sati, there's a very little amount of hops. Because it's traditionally in Finland, it was made with no hops because they didn't grow in Finland, in Nordic countries. So a lot of the flavor and the preservative qualities of um, comes from the juniper, which we took the, we have like a, a giant valley of juniper trees that grow on the farm. And my brewmaster and I, we went out and we harvested different branches of the juniper trees. We snipped them out, we poured the hot water on them. It released some incredible aromas and every single one of them was different. So we picked the ones that we liked the most. We lined up a mashed on with juniper branches and berries and we also added a local honey to that. And that ale, and a lot of people will come up to me and say, oh, juniper ale, and they expect something kind of like a gin and tonic kind of a flavor, but it's not. It's very woodsy. It's very... Um, uh, it's not. It's not. It's not sweet. It's. It's very earthy. So that's what. That's what it is. Is it's an original recipe, and it doesn't use a whole lot of hops, and it's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, that's and it's definitely unique. Do you think that is as far unique as you've gone, or has there been some that you've tried and just been like, wow, that did not work out well? <laughs> we yeah, we can't give that to people. That's funny. We actually we we really wanted to make a flavorful beer, yet still, you know, to be strongly 
tied to the roots of um, the farm brewery. So we took a batch. A batch came in from our molsters. And it was uh, roasted a little bit darker than usual, right? So we brewed the beer with it, and we're like, oh, wow, what can we do with it? Because it's, well, we kind of didn't expect this to happen. So we're like, how about we try to do a, a peanut butter chocolate ale? And we're like, oh, that was a great idea. So we got this one product. It was a dehydrated peanut butter um, powder. They use it in the milkshakes. And we're like, okay, let's put it in the, you know, after a boil, we'll put it in the fermentation tank with our yeast. Well, later we found out that the product contains salt in it and the salt kills the yeast and oh that man. batch was completely ruined <laughs> but we we're like we're not gonna give up we're gonna try to make this beer right so we brew it again and on the second try it turned out fantastic we found the right ingredients for it and it's actually our biggest seasonal seller right now so the internal joke is that the, be- the beer is called Dunkel Sean it's a play of the words on the uh, Shaun of the Dead. So it's our original oh, zombie awesome. beer <laughs> that came from the dead twice. We resurrected it. It just so shows that I- I- in this business, you, you don't give up. You know, you just try different things. And, of course, some will be good and some are not. And this one turned out great for us. That's awesome. And now it's in cans, too. We put it in cans. That's great. So you guys are yeah. canning your beer? Yep. We can in our beer. We have uh, three varieties. They're in cans currently that you can pick it up here at our New Hope location, or we have we're distributing locally throughout the Bucks County. And are you guys canning yourself, or do you guys use? We have we use uh, mobile canners that come in because we you know we're we're a small startup, and uh, we just call them up and they come in. And we have a batch ready for them and that goes in the cans. Okay, so let's talk about. Pennsylvania. So I know some states have interesting liquor laws when it comes to breweries and beer and alcohol in general. Is there any unique ones to Pennsylvania that you guys have come about or come across uh, in this past year of this tap room and the beer? Actually, Pennsylvania has been really great to breweries and the liquor industry in general. Being a very conservative state, you know, you could go to New Jersey or New York and pick up a six-pack of beer at any gas station. Where in Pennsylvania, just recently, you know, you could get you can get a six-pack of your uh, favorite food store. So that was that that is great, and uh, we've been rolling fantastically great, and they gave a great push for all these new breweries popping up here and there. And now there is a talk. The only thing I have to say about this, there is a talk about imposing. Uh, 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 an additional tax on beer per pint. So um, Pennsylvania wants to tax your beer more, which is okay, because I have a lot of people from New Jersey coming in saying, hey, it's still cheaper than in New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Um, so that is the only thing that we're not really happy about because being a, a farm brewery, we can't really absorb those costs and we, we hate to pass them on to the consumers, right? So the P- Pennsylvania legislature and the brewers associations are working together right now to kind of, the tag's been delayed a little bit. They're going to pass it in j- January, but now it's been kind of pushed to July. So there's a lot of a pushback about this beer tax. So we'll see. I really don't have much to say about it because I don't know what's going on as far as what's going to happen. But that's the only thing that that's the only complaint that the breweries will tell you in Pennsylvania, this beer tax coming up. Okay. It's just not great. People don't like taxes. <laughs> don't touch my beer. Tax something else. So let's talk about the tap room. So right now, for those of you listening, we are actually in the tap room. Uh, there's people around. Hello, everybody. 
Um, we mentioned before it is different than the farm where the actual brewing happens. Here is Taproom in downtown New Hope. Tell us about the area. Did you buy this building? Was it turnkey? Was it a bar previously? Or did you have to renovate it, do a lot of work? What happened with all that? Um, I lived in the area for a very long time, and I have a few favorite towns in Pennsylvania, and New Hope was always one of them, given the river, the beautiful park, the history behind it, and I kind of, I always loved it, and there's this one place that I always loved, and it's right by, I Tapram is right by the creek next to Delaware River, and um, when we walked in here, it used to be a, um, a morbid shop. It had like like Victorian uh, hair art and photographs of babies in coffins oh and skeletons, you know, like all this creepy stuff, which is kind of cool. And the place kind of, you know, went out of business or whatever happened. And, and I always loved the location because we we're looking out to historic Perry Mansion Museum right across the creek right here. And I was like, wow, this would be the perfect spot for it. And we kind of walked in here and it was a mess. Uh, it was not a turnkey, and it's a very small space. It's like 700 square foot. It's tiny. We actually had our Halloween party yesterday, and it was like shoulder to shoulder. But all of our parties are like that, very tight <laughs> and cozy. And I was like, oh, it's small, but you know what? This is what we are. We don't want to go any bigger. We want to keep it. We kind of want to keep it kind of like to come my darlings come into the club of people that really prefer their beer nice and fresh. So we don't need to make it huge. We decided to keep it small, something that we can keep it very efficient. And, of course, it being sustainable and um, responsible in that way is, is very important to us. So this is the spot we picked. And now, is that the know. Delaware River right there? This is the creek that you're looking at. And it, the, the creek goes down this way and it falls into like a little dam. And right there to my right, there would be the Delaware River. Very historic area. George Washington uh, was here with his colonial army. He actually crossed a uh, historic Delaware River right there. There's a, a Washington Crossing State Park. We do it's we do a, a quite a few beer fests here in Pennsylvania. It's one of my favorites to do in the Washington Crossing. It was yesterday. There was one of them. And um, so the place is just packed with history. And nowadays with the Halloween and everything coming up with the full festivities, it's haunted as well so you can you may encounter a ghost or two if you go out for a walk at night here in you hope it does feel almost like we are uh kind of transported back in the 1700s here outside you know we have this rustic kind of look fallish with the barrels and you said like the museum across the river or across the creek right. is all stone and right and the historic delaware canal is here right there where they used to take uh donkeys on each side of the shore and the donkey would pull a barge so it'd be one donkey on one side the other donkey on the other side and, the, and they would pull the barge coming from the eastern into the philadelphia and that's how they would transport the goods so this was like a center of commerce you know 300 years ago for you know 200 years ago the 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 big uh, revolutionary action was happening here in the area there's a lot of pubs, restaurants, even the brothel that was right here up the street. So it's all, all those ghosts that come out, you know, they party with us. <laughs> That's awesome. So you, you did mention, you know, the Beer Fest just, I think we said yesterday was yep. Washington's Crossing, the Halloween event, which 
the decorations are still up. We're kind of half sitting in a spider web right now. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> very fitting. You for keep the getting caught in it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like my hands right now, I kind of caught in it. So, do you do mostly events or festivals locally? Do you guys ever go out of state or um, any plans to go anywhere uh, outside this county? Now, we try to keep it small. Because we don't need to go out out of state to make it work. Like, I, I want to stress it out that we are being uh, environmentally responsible. And we're trying to keep our footprint very small and local. We do a lot of beer fests here in the area. Uh, we don't really go out outside of it. But once if we decide later going to a distribution so other people can enjoy our beer and in America, then yes, we'll go out there. I keep hearing a lot of fantastic ones, like the Amagang Brewery has a fantastic uh, beer fest. There are other ones there in the area. We'd love to participate and just spread the love of beer. That's awesome. Yeah, there was uh, uh, Gang has a Belgian comes Cooperstown festival, right, BCTC, right. I think it is. Uh, I went to that a couple years ago. That was yeah. A people tell me yeah. it's a fantastic one. And I'm looking forward to it. So let's talk about the beers. So this is probably one of the best podcasts yet. Mariana actually brought over just two flights of beer before we started. <laughs> and I've been slowly sipping them. I haven't even mentioned them yet. So, so far, we, they're amazing. We started with the blonde. We're going to end with the uh, barrel age and whiskey barrels, old ale. So, yeah, so there's a, a wide variety of beers here. You have you know the blonde. Yeah. You have that uh, the peanut butter dunkle that you talked about before. And then also the boozy 12% barrel aged beer. Do, do you guys find yourself always brewing a wide spectrum of beer or sticking to one style type? What do you tend to see we we tend to pick what we feel like is you know in right now like you know obviously you have your blondes in the summer we also have a year-round ales like we have a Kolsch and IPA you'll have your you know IPA every brewery has their flagship IPA we have our stout so like I said we're not we're not really limiting ourselves we're constantly trying to here and there and we just you know we have a pumpkin ale um we're just you know keeping it Real. That's yeah, awesome. Keeping it real. <laughs> wow, I just had the 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 peanut butter. That, the peanut butter. Oh my god, <laughs> that is awesome. That is. It, uh, they tell me it's like a Reese's peanut butter cup in the in the cup. <laughs> yeah, pretty spot <laughs> but on. But it's not sweet. It's not sweet. It's still beer. Yeah. You still get the flavor of the peanut butter, but it's it's a still a dunkel, which is a dark wheat ale, lager. So let's talk about some of these names. So if you guys have ever seen. Uh, some of their beers on Untapped or other social media platforms. There's some. There's some called George Slept Here, uh, Dean's Lost Gold, or Where's Delaware? What's it? Where the Delaware am I? Where the Delaware am I? So how how do some of these names come to be? Well, a lot of them are play on history. Like I was saying, the Washington, the George Washington crossed the river right here on the uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, defeated the British, and a lot of our beers, like, we like to tie it into history. Being a farm microbrewery, we're not too far off from a uh, um, um, Durham Mill, which also was a uh, cannonball facility production for the oh, Revolutionary wow. War. And actually, it was like, it, way back when, it was one big chunk of land. So that, you know, the cannonballs were made there. The George Washington, you know, was with, with his troops right here down the road. The Dawn's Lost Golds, it's a very interesting story about it. We decided to name our Kolsch after this. There's uh, five brothers. They were sympathizers with the crown. And they would just terrorize the locals uh, here in Bucks County, and eventually what they came up with, they decided to rob a bank. 
uh, five of them, and it was the largest heist of federal funds in history, and the money was never found. So the money is, the legend has it, that the money is somewhere hidden somewhere uh, along the Tohican Creek, Ralstover Park. The brothers were very known for hiding in caves and hiding the gold in caves. They were eventually captured executed, buried outside of a town. They're a gra- you can still visit their graves. They're still right there outside of the cemetery, outside of the town. And uh, we're like, well, we really like it. It's just a, a local history and we can't get away from it. So we kind of decided to incorporate it. And I, um, being an artist myself, I paint all of these things. So I put all my art on the tap handles and all that stuff. It's uh, We just basically do what we enjoy and... We enjoy sharing the joy of beer with our people. Yeah, I was actually going to ask about the artwork on the tap panels. They're awesome. Now, I before I came, I was like, right, I have to ask about the art on the tap panels and who's doing it. But you said you're doing all. Yeah, the I'm art. doing. I'm doing it. Yeah, I painted this giant painting of a. Uh, it's it's a spoof painting of George Washington crossing um, the river. That's where it comes. The name where the Delaware. Am I? It's a painting where George Washington basically gets lost in the middle of the river and he goes, <laughs> "Where the hell am I? Or where the Delaware am I?" Here we are. <laughs> we are New Hope. <laughs> the cannonball thing, is that why there's a huge cannon in the middle of town down here? It's part of the, yeah, it was part of the industry and the history. So it seems like this area has a lot of unique history and stuff going on. You, you, you were just mentioning off air about something about uh, bats and talk about that a little bit. <laughs> I was telling Nash that where our farm is at, we are in a Durham township, which is a, uh, a tiny town. And back in the day, it was a, uh, a, a like a hub of iron mining and cannibal production. Also, Durham is no, was known for boat building, and the uh, the boat that the George Washington crossed the Delaware River on that fateful night, on December twenty fourth, defeated the British forces. It was built in Durham, and the replica is still sitting there in the Durham. So if you guys ever decide to come to Pennsylvania, definitely come to the Bucks County if you're interested in history. There's a lot to see, a lot to experience. Wow. So history, beer, shopping, he- everything, yeah, it's, it's all right here. Yeah, history alive. Yeah, we, we like to talk about it. We tell the stories. That's awesome. I never knew that uh, this part of Pennsylvania had that much to offer and was so beautiful. What do you think was one of the most stressful moments that you had, the whole thing? Everyone has, you know, their moments where they feel down, like, holy cow, is this really going to work? Why did we do this? Uh, do you have one of those that really sticks out in your head when you think about making all this happen? Wow, we have quite a few of those moments. <laughs> <laughs> Anything from, like, our burner wouldn't start on a very rainy day because of the moisture in the air and the gas wouldn't light and... Anything from, oh, my God, the, you know, our batch of malt came in roasted, not what we want it to be. <laughs> so we had a few of those moments. We're like, oh, my God, what do we do now? But um, let me tell you, you if with any business, you're going to start your own business. You're going to have your up and downs. You're going to have the moments where you just want to quit and walk away. And at that point... You will become a failure. You will never fail if you never give up. And that's the mentality that we roll with. We're a very small company. It's four of us. And um, our brewer, our salesperson, my husband and I, and I have two small children too. So a lot of times it was like, how do I make it all work? How do I, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? And, oh, my God, is it really worth it? But when I pour that point and I give that point to a person and they take a sip and they're like, wow, 
And that moment, it's all worth it to me. It's all worth it. And it's probably the most incredible experience ever to see seeds being planted and then evolving from that it is, into... It's amazing. The experience of, you know, you watch that seed go into the ground and then it grows, it grows, it grows. And then it comes to harvest time. And then, you know, it always comes... The story of the, the, the mouse, you know, like, hey, who wants to plant a seed with me? Not me. <laughs> hey, who wants to harvest it? Not me. Hey, who wants to eat the bread? Me, me, me. Okay. So it's kind of like that, you know. It's like, it's like that rewarding experience. I've seen. I know where it comes from. I know what I put in it. The water, we didn't talk about the important quality of the water, how important the water is in beer, right? Number one ingredient. Yep, yep. So being a well water, you will f- stay away from the industrial pollutions. You know, you'll have your city water where the your breweries would be brewing in the industrial warehouse production. Our water comes right there from the spring well. Spring-fed well, yeah, water. And well. you think that contributes to the Absolutely, quality of it contributes to the flavor, to everything. And, you know, uh, a lot of the grains in the world come from all over the world. It comes from Ukraine, from Russia, from Canada, and you get, like, this mix of grains and barley, and you really don't know what the re- origin of it. And here, being everything coming from one place, it really makes me proud w- that we pulled it off. We actually did it. We want to see if it can be done, and it can be done. So we really hope that there's going to be a lot more farms following our footsteps, and I think that we can make you know, America profitable and, and, and just you know, bring jobs to America and, and keep going that way. There's a lot of potential in this. The name, Great Barn Brewery, Great Barn, I'm guessing, originally started at the farm. Yes, it's the original barn that my father-in-law built, and he was a uh, an architect by trade, and he was into Pennsylvania ba- bank barns. He had a business of taking down the barns and restoring them, selling oh, wow. them, and so he kind of, like, out of his passion, he built one for his business, and then we kind of, after the business, you know, you know, a lot of things can happen, especially being on the farm, so we kind of give it a, a second life to his creation, honoring his barn, and the whole name comes from that. Because it is great. You just got to see it in person. Awesome. What do you say we wrap it up? Good? Uh, yeah. Uh, so if someone wanted to, you know, have one of your beers, stop by the brewery, get in contact with you guys, how should they go about doing that? Just go to our website, uh, greatbarnbrewery.com, or connect with us on the Facebook or Instagram. Send me a message. I'll reply. I always, you know, talk to my fans or whoever now, whoever has a, a question or a comment. And yes, our haters too. We get a lot of hate. <laughs> um, so you know, you just talk to me. Just come out and talk to me. I'll talk to you about. It. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Anything that'll help you to connect you with your favorite beverage. I'll walk you through it. That's awesome. And as always, if you want to get in contact with myself or hear the podcast, just Google Brewery Talks Podcast or go on sunnysetuptraveling.com and reach out to us there. Mariana, thank you so much for your time today. Beers are amazing, amazing area. Your energy on this gloomy fall day has been uplifting. So thank you for the time. Awesome. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Let's go drink now. (laughs) Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. If you absolutely loved it, give it a whopping five stars on iTunes. Stay tuned for more episodes. Cheers.